You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. I'm going to share with you for about 20 minutes um, just some things that God's been really challenging me with. And the title, if you want to take notes, is called Faith to Move. Okay? Faith to move, right? So I like baptism because it requires me to get out of my chair, to maybe look stupid, to come up here, get soaking wet, why everyone stares at me. But I'm not doing it for anybody in this room. I'm doing it for Jesus because he told me to, right? And I think sometimes we kind of think faith and belief are the same thing. They're not, right? Right? Belief requires you to think something. Right? Do you know that even the devil and all of his, you know, demon friends, they believe in Jesus Christ. So believing in something doesn't actually get you anywhere. Right? So belief requires you to think something, but faith requires us to do something. Right? Um, that's why they say walk by faith. It's, I'm walking. I'm moving, which I can't do right now. Right? If you didn't notice, I don't normally sit. I'm usually jumping around on the stage right now. But I have what my kids are calling a robot leg. Some people call it a boot, but my kids call it a robot leg. It feels like a robot because it weighs like 100 pounds. But uh, so for the last month, I've been very slow, which I do not like. Um, I can't drive because it's my right foot. So that's fun. So my husband has to do all the driving, all the grocery shopping. Oh, goodness, help us. You know, he's at the grocery store and he just takes pictures of everything. He's like, this? This aisle? This? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Butter. It's just butter. (laughs) So it's been a real test of my patience, for sure. Um, He claims that I can drive. Now I asked my doctor. He said, absolutely not. But Greg says, I could just drive with my left foot. And he claims he does it all the time. I did have somebody else advise me, I won't say who, but if I threw my boot over the center console of the car, I could drive that way. Like, it wouldn't be in the way. But I have not yet. But if you see me, you know, if I'm in this for three more months and you see me coming down the road, you might want to move way far over. Because there's no, it would be very unpredictable what, I, what, what happens. Okay. So, but, right, we'll go back to faith. Faith requires movement. Faith is something you do. I walk by faith. I exercise my faith, right? Who likes exercise here? I <laughs> like three people raise their hand. Come on, guys, it's fun. Can't do that for six months either, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> right? Why do they use these words? Because faith requires you to do something. I don't like that. I like just believing stuff. Or even better, let's sit and talk about it in a small group forever. Until Jesus comes back. Bruce is over there laughing, right? Nothing wrong. I'm not dissing small groups. Please, I love small groups. But the goal, even in our small groups, isn't that we just talk about these things, but that we go even as small groups and we do these things, right? 
because that's what faith requires. So the first point was there's a difference between faith and belief. So you can write that down if you want. We already talked about that. Second point that I really, God's been really messing with me on this one, is faith comes by hearing. Okay, so write that down. Faith comes by hearing. So I want to read a verse to you. Um, it probably, I don't know if it'll be on the screen or not. It's okay if it's not. Write it down. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10. Some of you guys that have been around church for a long time, maybe you've heard this verse before. Um, but I think we don't get what it means. Okay. So, because faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Another version says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay? So anybody, that like, that's kind of a confusing, like, I don't understand what it's saying. At least in the past, I've struggled with that. What does that mean? The only way I can have faith is if I hear somebody on the stage preach a sermon? Is that what it means? Probably not, but okay. So maybe I need to get the Audible Bible, which I think is actually awesome, where you can listen to it. You get, anybody ever done that online that doesn't like to read? So if I listen to the Bible, then I'm going to have more faith. My faith is going to grow. So if I read it, not so much, but if I listen to it, like, is anybody still confused by this verse a little? Anyone want to admit it? Like, I don't get the difference. Why can't I read it and have my faith grow? But it's actually saying I have to hear it hear the word of God and my faith will grow. So what does that mean? Well, I want to talk to you about that word, word, okay? In this verse, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ or the word of God. That word is rhema. I've talked about this before and I'm sure um, Greg or Justin have shared about rhema before. There's two different Greek words for the word word. Logos and rhema, okay? Logos is like this. It's written word, right? It's the Bible, okay? But rhema word, I, I, I found this, a, a description for this word, is the living voice of God. Don't you like that? Now, I've heard, you know, like the inspired, rhema words, the inspired word of God or a now word, but I really like that description. A rhema word is the living voice of God. So let's go back to that verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the living voice of God. I think so many of us are way too comfortable with a hand-me-down Jesus, well, what do I mean that? Anybody have several kids, grew up in a big family? Anybody raise your hand if you had like several siblings or maybe you had a lot of kids yourself. Don't we all know about hand-me-downs? Didn't you always hate that you had to get like, you know, something that was 20 years old and you're like, <laughs> actually in my family, there was five of us kids and there was this one like jumper suit. It was hideous. This is back in the 80s that it was like my sister wore for school pictures like three years in a row. <laughs> and then I was wearing and then my younger sister was wearing and I'm thinking this is like a 30 year time span. We're all wearing the same really ugly jumper. My mom's not here today, so she won't feel bad. But <laughs> nobody likes hand me downs, right? But don't we do that with our faith sometimes? Now, it's not wrong. I would never say that hand-me-downs are wrong. That's ridiculous. But isn't it so much easier to just hear a message or to read a book 
we read a book that somebody else wrote. Somebody else had a revelation about God, and we read it, and it super ministers to us. I love, I mean, I love reading. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want to know Jesus through a secondhand account. Okay? Because my faith will never grow then, according to this verse, because faith grows by hearing and hearing by the living voice of God. And that's why I think someone could be in church for 30 years, love God so much, devour books, read the Bible, listen to the audible Bible, listen to sermons, you know, listen to Elevation Church and be encouraged, but their faith never grows because they never took the time to hear the voice of the living God themselves. They were used to secondhand information. And so I just want to challenge you guys today that God wants your faith to grow. We've been talking about this whole series about maturity, right? And if we think maturity just comes by accumulating a whole bunch of Bible knowledge, guess what we become? Pharisees. They kind of got a bad rap in the Bible. I don't want to be them. I love Bible knowledge, but I want to hear the living voice of God. Amen? Okay, so that's the next point. Faith comes by hearing. Oh, so another quick thought. You guys ever heard, probably heard the song or heard the analogy, Jesus take the wheel, right? Carrie Underwood, it was like a really big hit. And everybody's like, yes, Jesus take my wheel, you know. Um, it's a good song, wasn't it? I think it's a terrible analogy. Because when I think about following Jesus, I actually don't see him in the driver's seat. It's more like driver's ed. I'm in the driver's seat. I don't like that. Okay, I fail my driving test twice. Anybody else fail their, driver, their driver's test? Come on, admit it. Yes, Chelsea's like, the hilarious part about, well, it was all hilarious. You know, first time I get in there, I put on, like, Christian music. Like, I turn on the radio, and the guy was like, you can't have any music on. And I'm like, oh, I'm doomed. Because <laughs> I was so nervous. And so we start going, and we're going down the road. You know, it's this old guy. You know, I, I like, you don't ever want to get that one guy because everyone says, like, he's super strict, and he, he fails everybody. And I get the guy, old guy, and I'm like, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail. And I'm so nervous. I'm like shaking. My hands are shaking. You know, and it's Messina. I mean, I think about people that have to take drivers like tests in like cities. I'm like thinking, like going down Main Street. I'm so scared, right? Okay, okay, I can turn. I can't turn left on red, but I can turn right on red. Like, yeah, I'm like rehearsing these things <laughs> so bad. I'm still not a very good driver. Ask my husband. Um, especially if I have this boot on. So I'm trying to do my driver's test, and I'm so nervous, and I'm staring, like, at the road, right? Like, I got this, I got this, I got this. And so the, the, t the teacher or instructor, he's like, okay, now I want you to take this next left. And I hear him, and I'm kind of nodding, and I drive right past the left. And he's like, um, do you just miss the turn? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm just really nervous, I forgot what you said, and, and he was just like looking at me like, okay, and he was like, all right, well, I guess, you know, we need to get to downtown, so let's take the next left. Okay, yeah, I got the next left, next left. I drive right by it again, you guys! 
So he's like, she can't even follow one-step directions. She's already failed. I didn't even get to the parallel parking on my first driver's test. Because he's just like, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah, you need to, like, mm, I'm not sure what to, you need to do. <laughs> but I was so nervous. But don't we do this in our Christian walk? We are so afraid we're going to mess up. We just stare ahead. Okay, I'm just going to, got to be good. Got to do this right. Just going to, just going to keep driving. And Jesus is like, okay, can you turn right up here? And we're just like, I don't hear you. Oh, right? Because we don't tune in to the living voice of God. We're just so trying to be good. Do it right. Be safe. Don't get a car accident. Do you know that risk is right? Jesus, you know, we, me and my husband were just in Washington this week, and it was at this awesome, it was an intensive that a, our friends of ours church had. It was so awesome. But they said something that I just kept laughing about because we're talking a lot about leadership, and they were saying, it's not like if you make a mistake, say you feel like God's leading you to do something, and you, you throw in all your cards and you just, I'm going to do this thing, and then it fails. It's not like God's up in heaven being like, Oh, no, I don't have any more resources to give you. I'm penniless. Oh, no, I don't have any more opportunities to give you. Sorry, like, you spent it all. Like, I mean, he's the God of the universe. It's limitless, right? And he's also not up there saying, geez, I can't believe you tried that thing for me, and it didn't work. What's wrong with you? No. He's up there being like, that was amazing, even when you fail and fall. Because you're doing something with faith. You're doing something, right? You're not living a safe life. And I'm not talking about, you know, go skydiving, although I really want to do that. So if anybody wants to go, let me know later. But I mean living your life safe and cookie cutter or doing something for God, right? Because that's what faith is. So third point. I already said it, was risk is right. Right? Okay, so who do you guys think is the riskiest disciple? Anybody shout it out? Peter, right? He was kind of almost pretty impulsive, right? So I'm not saying everybody should be impulsive, but he was, wasn't he? He was the one that, you know, was cutting off the ear, of the soldier, right? Like, get away. Or, you know, that would so be Greg. <laughs> it's like, put your sword down, Greg. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was the one, if you guys have seen Chosen, he was the one who what? Steps out of the boat. I just love that. If you guys have seen, how many have seen that episode of Chosen where Peter walks on water? If you haven't, just go to YouTube and Google Chosen, Peter walks on water. Because it's so powerful. It's so powerful. So I'm going to read real quick that story if you don't know what it is. So it's Matthew 14, verse 22. And it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So he, he had just fed the 5,000, you know, so there was tons of people. Um, but he sends the disciples out on a boat. After he had dismissed him, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. 
Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. And in, in the show chosen, it's just hilarious, right? They're like, it's a ghost, <laughs> they said, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then this, this is where I love Peter. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I just love that story. Isn't that story amazing? All the other di disciples were simply content with Jesus saving them. But Peter had to do something. I'm going to say that again. All the other Christians were simply content with Jesus saving them. But Jesus, or Jesus, but Peter had to do something. See, if you want to go to heaven, just believe something. Believe in Jesus. It's not by works. We all know that, right? It's by faith alone. But if you want God to build the church through you, you got to do something, right? And so I just want to challenge you guys today because God has just been so working in me. It's not that we have to. It's we get to. And what breaks my heart is for people that love Jesus so much, but they haven't chose to be a part of what he's building. Like, it's almost like you get to live this life and you're just like, okay, when's it going to be over so I can be in heaven? And I'm like, there's so much happening now. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And you don't need to work at a church. Listen, I still don't work at the church. If anybody's like, that's news to you, I don't even work at the church. It's not about working at the church. It's not about having some position or, you know, I, even the baptism. You know what I love about the baptisms? Is it's, we just let whoever is close to them baptize them. Because that's the way it worked. Because they're discipling someone, right? And so it's not about a pastor. It's not about a position. It's not about anything. It's just hearing the living voice of God, and then it's not enough to just hear it, then doing it. What is he going to say to me? And then I'm going to do it. And guess what? Every time I do that, my faith grows a little bit. And then the next week, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? Okay, now I'm going to go do that. And my faith grows a little bit. And then the next week, what am I going to do this week, Jesus? Okay, that one's a big one. All right, and I do it. And my faith grows a little bit. And before you know it, 10 years from now, you have faith that can move mountains. You have faith, not because you've seen great miracles, but you see God show up again and again and again. And you get a confidence in knowing his voice. Because how many guys ever feel like God told you something and you're like, uh, is that pizza or is that Jesus? Anybody? Am I just making this up? The biggest lie of the enemy is that right there. 
Because if he can get you to think, oh, I don't know, I might just be making this up. Listen, we are way too selfish to care about somebody else and to do something for Jesus. So you are not making it up. Let me just clarify that, right? We all think mainly about ourselves. So if you have a thought or something that you feel God's leading you to do, 99% of the time, it's Jesus. But we like to be not sure because then if I'm not sure, I don't really have to do it. And if I don't tell anyone, then I really don't have to do it, right? I'll just keep it inside. I'll pray about it a little more. And then a week goes by, and then a year goes by, and then five years goes by, and then 10 years goes by, and then 30 years goes by, and the thing God wanted you to do, you still haven't done. And your faith has stayed that same size 30 years later. So if, we, if you guys want to stand, it's getting late, and I just want to close in prayer. And I want to, if you want to get prayer, these altars are going to be open today. If you need to leave, you're free to leave. But I want to challenge you. If you, if this is speaking to you and you realize, man, I've been so living off a secondhand Jesus. I've been so content with him saving me that I'm missing out on something. If that's really speaking to your heart today, I just, I, I encourage you to come down. There's some people, um, pastors or small group leaders, anybody that's available, please come help for whoever wants prayer. But come, you can come right now even. You don't have to wait until I pray. One more quick story I want to share with you. A lot of you guys have seen online about the Asbury Revival, you know, all the, the worship services they were having for all those, you know, hours upon days upon days. Of, I don't even remember how many weeks, at least two weeks, I think it went. But I heard an interview of the president of that college, and he had the most beautiful picture. And he said, they were asking him how the revival happened. And he said, well, you know, we had a chapel service. It was pretty just kind of normal, nothing special. And at the end of the chapel service, just about 15 students stayed. Like everybody left, they went to class and they started praying for each other. And he said, you know, it was really beautiful, but we figured it was going to end in, you know, five, 10 minutes and they would go. Well, he said, I got a call in my office at noon. And the call was from one of the other teachers of the college, and they said, do you know there's still students in the chapel? And this was hours, like two or three hours later. And he said, what? And he goes, yeah, I don't know, something's happening. Maybe we should open it up to the whole college campus. You know, tell them if, they, if they're free, they can come back. So they made an announcement, they sent out an email, they made an announcement that if you wanna come back to the chapel, God's moving. And he said, when he walked out of his office doors, to head to the chapel himself, the president of the college, he saw students running from their dorm to the chapel. And he said, if that wasn't the most beautiful picture of what our heart should be towards God and towards what he has for us, he said that I just, it was the most beautiful, pure thing. And so I just wanna challenge you, I'm gonna pray right now, but if that is your heart and you said, Jesus, I want more of you, I don't wanna just receive from you, I don't wanna just stay in the boat, I don't wanna just be okay with you saving me, I wanna do 
something that your heart would just cry out and that you would come up here and you would say, even as an act of faith, you don't even have to receive prayer. It's, you have, we have got to get out of the boat, guys. So Jesus, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you move on hearts and whoever you're speaking to, Father God, that you would just tug on them to say, follow me. Listen to the living voice of God. Don't be satisfied with a secondhand knowledge of me, but become hungry to know me. Become hungry to have the faith that can move mountains. Be hungry to see what God can do through you. I just break off the lie over people's hearts that they're not good enough. Right now I break off that lie. You're covered in the blood of Jesus. You're wrapped in the righteous robe of Christ. It's not about you. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how bad you are. It's not about any of that. It's about Christ around you and the Holy Spirit in you and he wants to use you to change the world, to change the church, to change another person's life. Jesus, just come Holy Spirit. So God, I just pray right now, God, that you would move in a powerful way, God, in this region, but it starts with individuals. Revival starts in me. God wakes me up, and when I'm awake, that starts waking other people up. So Jesus, start with revival in us. We need you, Father. We desperately need you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you want to come down for prayer or you just want to make a step, an act of faith and say, dude, I want to step out of the boat, I just encourage you, even if it's just the aisle, we're going to have the altars open, but if you need to leave, you're welcome to leave. I know it's getting later, um, but we would love to pray for you if you want prayer. So please feel free to come. for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.